and welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, welcome back to the show. I'm coming in hot today, Josh. Uh, if you didn't know if this is your first time joining us, we're talking about volleyball, Canadian volleyball, beach volleyball, that sort of thing. Welcome to the show. Josh, I'm heated. I'm ready to go. I'm amped up. I've got content because I actually watched some volleyball. We'll get to that in a second. First off, we've got to introduce our guest. Um, indoor guy, setter, we've had him on before, and relative of mine somehow, it's Tom Sora. Welcome back to the show, Tom. How are you doing? Thanks, guys. I'm good. Tired, but I'm good, yeah. It's always good to have family on the show. Um, oh, yeah. Still not sure how that works yet, but uh, feeling good about it. Um, so, okay, let's jump in. So, Tom, I don't know if you knew, but I got called out a few weeks ago by Josh for uh, and some other folks for not watching volleyball not participating, not being involved. So I said, all right, if anyone comments on the next video, I will make an appearance at the Vancouver Open. Somebody commented, literally one person commented, honestly brutal, but I showed up, I made an appearance. I went down there, checked it out at the Vancouver Open here in Vancouver, and it was a blast. I gotta be honest, it, it was awesome. It was better than I expected, which, you know, I don't, I don't know what that means. Is that good? Is that bad? But we had some top-tier Canadian volleyball action in our country. Probably the best example of how to run a tournament, what we should be doing, Josh. And I was happy to be there. So let's cover some results. Josh, I don't know if you want to highlight anything that happened in that tournament just for Tom so he can get on the same page and our listeners who if they maybe weren't there. Well, I, I'm a proud Peacock today with the amount of guys we had to come through the qualifier because the qualifier, Garrett, there were so many teams in it that they played a mini tournament. They had to play five matches to even get in the tournament. So Yoan and Guillaume played like five matches on Friday, another three on Saturday, another three on Sunday. So the great job by like the summer next gen guys to step in. I think it was great to have uh, Kame and Troy there because I think to some volleyball guys, like Kame's like a VC guy and they want to cheer for him most, but to others, Garrett... He's a freaking villain, and he's a traitor, and it was easy to cheer against him. So congratulations, Kame and Troy, on winning that one, but I think it was easy to follow the draw where I was I was hoping for Kame's demise in the tournament, but it just didn't happen. Yeah, so you notice how the show works, Tom. Like, Josh immediately takes the opportunity to toot his own horn, doesn't even comment on any of the women's results, highlights literally no one, talks about his guys who made it out of the qualifier. Who cares about the qualifier, Josh? Nobody was even there. It was on a weekday. I had to work. I like, couldn't go see that. So, I mean, that's how this show goes. Um, and the other results that Josh didn't mention, yes, came and Troy won. American guys coming up, the traitors. That's how I was referring to them. The trader. Well, trader. One. One trader. One trader and one stupid hat guy. How do we feel about that? Because that question was asked at the tournament was, what's worse? If you move from Canada to the U.S. or if you move from Vancouver, B.C. to Toronto. And the crowd didn't really know how to respond to that. And I was offended. But also, I kind of got it. What is worse? I can't worse? believe those are on par together. He was a 2016 Olympian for Canada and now plays for the USA on the world tour. And we're comparing that to living in the center of the universe with Toronto? Like, how is that even a comparable? Wait, I still don't know which side you're on after you said that. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, go ahead. I think the moving to the States is 100% worse. After being an Olympian in 2016, and what, he finished what, fifth? Was it fifth or ninth? Fifth or ninth, definitely. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then taking the three years off, and now he's at the U.S. team traveling the world. Like, yeah, that's... I mean, if he did it for love, Garrett, if he did it because he got married to Lane and, like, she really wanted to live in the U.S., like, I can be a little bit tolerable, but he's still a traitor. Like, he's still... Yeah, I shouldn't be asking two guys from Toronto this. Like, that's really the bias. Everybody there was like, no, nah, Toronto, it's a, it's a Toronto one, boo, Toronto. Which is a bit harsh, but, I mean, they yeah. hate Toronto out here. 
Yes. Oh, big time. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's too bad there weren't more opportunities to be like, BC versus Ontario matches in like a big setting because there's all these mixed teams and stuff like that because that would have been fun and exciting but it didn't really happen that much it I wouldn't found. be fun and exciting Logan men took a 25th Garrett it wouldn't even be competitive they try to make it they talk it up they try to make it this big thing it's not a rivalry it's the same rivalry as a hammer to a nail we just thump them every single time well, okay, so hold on, though. You're getting ahead of ourselves here, Josh. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We have to cover the results. We have to tell people what actually happened. So who won the oh. tournament? Yes, Cayman Troy from the Americans. And, I mean, a previous player of the week on Sharp Cuts, Heather Bansley and her partner, oh, yeah. Belanger, getting the win. I mean, huge win for the coach coming back and dominating all the players. That's got to be huge, Josh. At practice the next, like, this week, has she just been, like, listen to everything I say. No, like it never dawned on her. We were just talking after practice today uh, before one of our meetings. And I was like, did you mention to any of the athletes? Like, hey, this is how I beat you. And this is what we did. She's like, no, why would I say that? I was like, why would you not say that? That has to come up every single drill design. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, okay, let's not get ahead. So there's a lot of cool stuff that happened at the Vancouver Open that I saw that I was taking in. I mean, we're starting there because it was a big event in Canada. And I, many of you maybe were there, but... I didn't see anybody. Nobody said, hey, Garrett from Sharp Cuts, um, which I wasn't expecting that. Lisa didn't get that. like a, a shout out? Like she didn't come find you in person? I wasn't expecting that, Josh. And I, I you know, I was, I was fully incognito. I was a little bit embarrassed. You know, you put your ego on the line when you leave the volleyball community and then you come back, right? Because it's like, you know, where do you stand? Do you have power? Are you influential? Like, I don't know. So anyways, we'll get to my highlights a bit later, but... Um, I am curious your guys' thoughts because they did do a few things that I'd forgotten about that I am curious. So the scene is awesome, um, but they played music the entire game on center court. Like they didn't like fade in and out. They just played music the entire time and talked kind of over the game sometimes and sometimes not, but nobody seemed to care. So I'm not, I'm curious, like, is that, is that something I just need to get used to? Is that cool? Or is that like, mm, maybe we need to fix that? Well, when Garrett announces at center court here in Ontario, uh, we usually fade the music in and out. We let the puns sink in a little bit. There's some pause. Like, we make the DJ feel like they're the entertainment, not the shuffle iPod who's just playing music the whole time. So uh, I would prefer that the, like, the, like, Seymour and Sandy are hilarious. I would have preferred that you yeah. let them speak a little bit more. Well, there was a few times even that uh, Sandy would tell DJ to turn the volume down so that he could say something so people could hear him. Because the DJ just kept playing music the whole time. I mean, the DJ, yeah, like, I was listening, because they had a live stream, which was pretty good. So if you didn't watch on the live stream, like, they, they <laughs> did a decent live stream, but there were a few problems with the live stream. One, yeah, the DJ never played, stopped, and I think a few people were chirping the DJ in the comments, like, oh, this song is trash, and I thought, oh, God, he's not seeing that, but that's harsh. And the other thing was the camera was, like, brutal. Never uh, pan. Why not just put the camera at the no. back? It was honestly the worst thing ever. Like, so that's unfortunate, but at least they had a stream that was high quality. And that screen, I don't know, you like you I don't know if you guys could see, but the screen they had there that would show that feed was fantastic. Massive wow. screen, like high quality, like this big thing. And I was like, damn, like that's next level how they got going there. Did you watch much of it, Tom? Uh yeah, no, I watched uh both men's and women's semi women's semifinals, and then I watched the two gold medal games. I didn't watch any of the bronze games though. Um, yeah. But there was one point where I was pissed off at the live stream, and it was in the gold medal match. It was the third set, and it was I think I think came and Troy were up 
13 to 12. And then the live stream cut off. Oh. And it never came back on. Oh. So then I so then I had to tune in onto Paul Men's live stream on Instagram. <laughs> and he's like he's standing behind like Byron Cataractus and he's like holding it super high. He's like trying to pan it. It's just kind of choppy. I'm like, this is as good as it's gonna get for me right now because I don't know. I can't use the other live stream. And it cut out for everyone. That is too bad. It's the worst time to have the stream cut out. I know. And probably because they didn't have a lot of activity all weekend, like 40, 50 people yeah. in the final. People want to tune in and watch uh, for probably probably the biggest game uh, of the tournament. Maybe the most exciting yeah. game? I, I don't know. I mean, hard to say you're watching for Paul Men's Instagram live stream. So, I don't know. Can we really say? But I was kind of disappointed in the result there, actually. It would have been great for the Canadian boys to take that one home. I was pulling for them. Um, that's got to be a tough loss for them. Big money on the line too. Big money and big prize money discrepancy. You go from ten to five, right? Like that was a big, big swing there for those last few points. Yeah, that hurts. That like makes or breaks your trip. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about and get your thoughts on was well, maybe more things, but um, was the skyball situation. I really found that interesting. Different than I remember though, Josh. Like it's evolved since since I played and was there. Before they used to just kind of yell at you for the skyball. Which is kind of like, whoa, like it's a bit of a shock if you've never been there. But as a fan, yes, absolutely skyball. What are you doing? Like, what, what do you think? You're here to win the game? No, you're here for my entertainment. The people demand that of the players and the players rise to meet the occasion. So I fully support that. But what's different is I've noticed that they don't demand it in close games. Like they, they get it. And they say, <laughs> no, no, not a skyball situation. So the, the commentators, Sandy and Seymour, were like, yeah, no, not a skyball situation. Like, let's not get upset at him. It's a close game. Let's be excited by the game. And people were like, yeah, no, we get that, which was cool. So first point. Second point was when they did do skyball, it's hard to get it in, right? But if you got it over the net, I noticed the other team was playing it if it was out, <laughs> which was a huge change. And I thought, okay, that's next level. Like, if you're going to take the risk in skyball, I'm going to take the risk and play it for some entertainment value. And so I just loved both of those things. But Josh, I can already tell. I can, look at you, you're looking down your for nose at it. entertainment? Like, did anyone lose after skyballing? That's my favorite, because I just want to like grab them by the collar and be like, you see that? You deserve this, you idiot. You could have iced the game, <laughs> but you wanted to be entertaining and you wanted to skyball it. Like the playing the balls out of bounds or like you skyball to me and we side out and I'm down like 14, 11, and then I have to skyball back to you. I can't like, you know, thump you and then put it in like a gamer and try to win the point. Like there's this weird culture that as soon as the game's out of reach or somebody has game point, it's like a skyball battle which feels a little recreational to me Garrett it doesn't feel like you're actually trying to win it feels just like oh <laughs> let's laugh it up no we're trying to win ten thousand dollars this weekend Garrett okay Tom you got to break the tie here well as Josh might remember I would skyball all the time last summer and I would actually I'd skyball majority of games too as always skyball okay. in the good uh, for you it was right. a serve though okay okay this is not an opportunity tom for you to just brag and tell us how great you are at skyballing okay absolutely it is. it's interesting because i love the idea like hell yeah like if, if you're gonna skyball and take the risk yeah the other team should play it like yeah shut not? up josh there it yeah, is, it's buddy. It's a charity, Garrett. It's a charity. Garrett, you would probably rip a spin serve and take the booze, but get the win. Oh, that, like, absolutely. No, I absolutely would. And now more than ever, though, like, I'd pick my times when I'd skyball. Like, am I the 
Am I the face? Like, am I the am I the fan favorite in this game? I have Skyball. Am I the villain in this game? No, Skyball. Like, screw you guys. Like, yeah. no, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna ham it up, right? Because I get it. Like, if yeah. there's somebody to cheer against, it's almost better than when you have somebody to cheer for. You know what I mean? So we didn't get enough of that because Kame, yeah, he's American, but he's a Canadian guy. So it's like, oh, okay, it's all nicey, nice. So there's no like real intensity there. But the Skyball stuff. I approved of it. Sounds like Josh, you're at number two to one. I, I don't. Know I will say about. the one benefit, Garrett, is uh, Skyball. Great promotion. They would give you a T-shirt if you Skyballed on center court. So, like, the, you, as a player, you're wearing that as like a badge of honor. And the other thing, Garrett, we need to get on on the bandwagon of temporary tattoos. A bunch of our guys were wearing Skyball tattoos, and I was like, oh, did they give you anything for that? They're like, yeah, they gave me this tattoo that I put in my arm. Like, there was no like cost for promotion. So the players just want to be a part of it. So look for passing dimes or sharp cuts, temporary tattoos at nationals. We got to make this. Happen. I can't believe you just said passing dimes first before shark <laughs> like how dare you like I mean we gotta have both on there I mean that's fine I'm fine with that passing dimes I mean it works we got sky ball okay great you, you do the sky ball it's cool but we got really you want to be passing dimes and hitting sharp cuts is what you want so put that on your arm absolutely. I'm only gonna give the sharp cuts ones to the good players actually and you'll know when you get it like, it's uh it's not in the budget though Barry if Barry, uh, if I play nationals this summer I'll uh, I'll get a pair of black shorts and I'll see if I can put the Sharp Cuts logo on the back of the of the shorts and I'll represent the the Sharp Cuts podcast as an athlete. Amazing. What are your thoughts on that? We support it. It's not in the budget though, so we're gonna maybe have to come <laughs> up with some sort of deal. It's just a press. It, it is just a press. I mean, maybe Canuck yeah. stuff can hook us up. They were sponsoring this Vancouver Open, so maybe we can weasel something. Um, maybe awesome. we can maybe we can go to the, some of the patriarchs in our families and see if we can get some support there from the uh, the May family, the Valleys family, the Sora family. I don't know. Is there some sort of connection there? I'm not sure. Oh yeah. There's maybe we can steal sure. some uh, some money from that. Oh, sorry, I, I didn't say that aloud. For, for any uh, Estonian listening, yeah, feel free to donate to the podcast. <laughs> absolutely. If you are Estonian, send us money. Absolutely. That would that goes a long way. It's for a good cause. Cause. Yeah, it's but for a good I, cause. I do, think, though, I do think that you should submit a team to nationals to represent the podcast and be Sharp Cuts athletes. Okay, well, is it you and Andrew Coker? Because if it is, we, we fully support it. Yeah, why not? Because on Instagram, it seems like a badge of honor to be like a barstool athlete for some of these NCAA yeah, yeah. cats. Like, it's a big deal. I think we should have Sharp Cuts athletes. Like, it's not in the budget. It's, it's totally voluntary, but you could be a Sharp Cut athlete. Yeah, totally. But we, we have to be picky and choosy about who we pick, Josh. Well, it's we, voluntary, we, but you have to be, like, nominated. Yeah, you have to be picked. Like, yeah. it's not just anybody. No, it's like, no, I don't think you're the Sharp Cuts brand. You're actually yeah. too good for what we're looking for. You're not, you know, you're not the type we're looking for. <laughs> We gotta do it. I, think I support so. it. You gotta represent the brand too. Right? You do, right? Like you have to yeah. be able to cut sharp. If you have no cutty, how are you gonna be sharp cuts? Oh, like it just doesn't work. Speaking no, of sharp cutties, we we touched briefly on something that I wanted to talk about, and that was the level. So you guys watched some of the games, and yeah. I was I was a little bit disappointed because Josh, you made the comment, "Are we high performance?" Like the skyball thing is like you know we're playing for ten grand here type thing. Yet I felt like the level was like muted. The intensity and the quality of the play was like, was kind of silenced, you know, like they put a silencer on the gun of the quality of the play and nobody really was like looking like they were trying too hard or like wanted to get too intense or was really going that hard at each other, which was interesting to me because that's not how I remember before. I remember the fans being vicious. 
Um, and I remember the players like chirping and getting into it with each other because that was the type of environment that it fostered. So like, I mean, we saw a couple interesting games, like one that a few that I can think of um, is Josh Binstock and Will Hoey played together. Um, Olympian and retired guy getting out there, getting some wins, but it wasn't nearly as intense with some of the teams who they were very competitive with as I thought it would be. You know what I mean? Like I just kind of expected this to be a lot more serious and the level a lot higher. I don't know if you guys felt the same. I uh, I think it also comes back to the, the music issue because you know how a lot of stuff is said in between when there's silence? You hear the crowd more. That will kind of bring energy. Guys will talk more through the net. But if there's just music blasting the whole time, like you can't even hear yourself think, right? During the rallies and stuff or in between points. Like, come on. That's an interesting that point. Yeah. Like it felt silenced or muted to me. Well, yeah. maybe it actually was by the music. Like, you can't hear yeah. what people are saying because of the music. Yeah. I never thought of that, Tom. You're bringing insight to this show, and I don't know that we deserve it. I don't know. That's just my, my take on it. I watched online, so maybe that could be the only reason why I think that might be it. But No, I felt that in the arena, too. Yeah, I was yeah. a little disappointed watching the live stream because one thing that the beer garden is known for is being quite witty. Like it's not just like a chirp, like it's actually like like they're telling stories and they're being quite clever with it. And when you couldn't hear that, I think like that took away from the event a little bit for me to be the bitter guy. And the other thing, I know you have sponsors, but why did half the screen have to be the sponsor's logo on the live stream? Josh, listen, we don't know anything <laughs> about sponsorship. We cannot talk about <laughs> we like Come on, if we were going to have that people sponsor us, our whole screen would be that. You wouldn't Your even, it'd be just everything except our faces. And even then, maybe there'd be like something covering us. So like, yeah, sure. like absolutely. We, if we could be in the same, we do the same thing, okay? We would do exactly the same thing. I stand but, corrected. That's fair. Comment. So I agree with you, though. I did, the chirps I did hear, because when I was there, you could still hear people around you. I'm not sure the players could hear you necessarily, but they were dumbed down. And, and maybe this was just for a few games, but, but stuff like, you suck, Josh, or, yeah, shut up. Or, you know, like, just not that clever. Like, I think you're right. Yeah. We're used to. Like, um, you had a hug counter when you played. Or, like, several national team guys complain about the classic, you're on terrible, and other puns they can think of. Yeah, I didn't hear the on terrible. I heard brief mention of the hug count. But now everybody hugs. That's the thing, Josh. Yeah. Can we give Dan and I a little bit of credit for that? Because everybody hugs now. Or do we get nothing? Trendsetters, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But... Okay, so that's maybe the chirps and the intensity, but the level of play, did you got like, it just felt like it was kind of like an 8 out of 10 to what maybe I expected mm. some of these teams to bring. Could it have been also that they played the Calgary, like a lot of them played the Calgary Open the weekend before, and maybe like they were just tired? Like, like you said, right? Like some of those teams that played in the Calgary Open that went far had to play five rounds of qualifiers on Friday. Like that's a lot. Five rounds of qualification. Like even three is a lot even. Yeah, so I don't know. That could be something, but... Is it possible, like, just because, like, there's one center court, right, that you miss some of the matches? Because I, I heard reports from some of our guys that they were on a side court, but if you were playing a UBC guy or a UBC alumni, you were getting chirped the whole match. They weren't clever. They were just mean, intoxicated people yelling at you. Or maybe those were the intense moments where, like, on court four down by the water that, like, no, you didn't see because you were at center court listening to DJ replay playing top 40. It's totally possible. You're right. Because I was only at the center court, um, which is where they had the beer garden, which I was partaking in several beers. So <laughs> uh, there was no reason for me to go to the other courts because there were no beers. Like, I'd rather watch a crappy game and have a beer than watch a mediocre game with no beer. Like, I mean, I'll take that, make that pick nine, ten times out of ten. I don't know about you guys. Fair enough. Yeah, that's but, true. 
I'm it there is for true. the sport, though, Garrett. You're there for a good time. I would, I would be there for the sport. Okay, so sports enthusiast here, like volleyball snob Josh. What's your overall opinion of the of the of the quality of play there at the event? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think um, yes and no. I think the the biggest thing that we've talked about on the show is like the idea of like storytelling, right? So I think you got to either know somebody's invested, or if you can hype up the story behind it. Like the example I gave about like UBC like showing up in droves to support their guys. Like I think if you can get attached to like the drama or some conflict, then all of a sudden a game gets more interested. Like you brought up Josh Winstock, where it's like you and I would probably root for him. Maybe some other guys would cheer against him, but like he's an Olympian. Like I think you got to get caught up in more than just what the score is. Like I can't get fired up for a 13-10 game, but if you tell me it's an elimination game and Will Hoey's chirping through the net or something else is on the line, like that's why I think we talked about Kame at the start of the show. Like I identify him as a traitor, so automatically like I'm a little bit fired up to watch his matches. Like I think the sport alone is good, but it doesn't stand enough to t- make it like entertaining. Right, but do you think that impacts like the quality of intensity of performance? Like the actual players on the court are feeling that too. Like if there's not anything kind of bigger on the line other than 10 grand um hello anyways um, i think uh, maybe because i wasn't there in person i'm not picking up on the same vibe as you because i was living and dying through the live stream and when the set would go three or something like but i I didn't i didn't sense it the same way you did being in person so i I thought the level was okay but obviously i'm a little bit biased because i was responsible for like eight or nine teams of the level there well, yeah, you see it every day. So that that's the thing. Is that's I mean, if it doesn't seem any different, then okay, it's just maybe my cynical brain. Well, I will I mean, say you maybe just your just, level of play is way higher than that, Garrett. You know what I mean? Maybe you just like see it. Maybe maybe my expectation is too high in yeah. some ways. Or Tom, maybe you could speak to this because you're an athlete who went through it. Are we seeing a little bit of a hangover through COVID, where this is like the first major event a lot of these athletes would have played? Like we didn't have a yeah. nationals the last few years. Like provincials have kind of been watered down. Like maybe this yeah. was like the first time, and for like a 20 year old, they didn't get fired up because they don't know what it's about. Where like 10 grand is a lot. This is special. This is unique. Where they're just kind of like, oh, I played in the Van Open. Like no, the Van Open used to be circle on your calendar, and it was a big deal. Like Sam and Dan missed an F. Like they could have been in Espino, but they chose to go to Van Open where maybe this is like just the the ripple effect of some of these younger guys not playing because of COVID. And also, yeah, that's a good point because how many of these younger guys that are on the summer team would have played in big matches on center court with big crowds before? Never. Some of them, they're... They're coming back with stars in their eyes. Sorry to cut you off, but they're coming back thinking that was the greatest thing ever where it's like, that was awesome, but it should be like an annual thing or this should make you want to go on tour where they're just like, I've never experienced anything like that. Yeah. I know. I totally understand. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I think that's what it would have been mainly because in those scenarios, when you have a massive crowd, like you got the whole jumbo, like uh, Tron thing there as well. Music, people chirping, like that's when, that's when you get really creative and that's when the level of play should be way higher than even what you think is at your best. You know what I mean? I think the energy just brings it out of you. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe next year. Hey, maybe we can compare next year and see what happens. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it's the case that because uh, really the only like on the women's side we were supposed to see Sophie and Brandy, uh, mm-hmm. but didn't because of an injury. And yeah. you know, we had. Can we say we had a high number of like world tour level players competing in both genders, like? I think we had Sam and Dan, we had Kame and Troy, but on the women's side, I mean, Heather is fantastic. She won the tournament, but she's retired. So like to expect her uh, to be it. at like world tour level is like, you know, but she went out there and did it. So like, who else is there? There's those American girls they played, but like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't really she there, right? Played. So maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe I'm being unfair. Yeah. Um, and that's usually the case here on this show. 
Um, so speaking of being unfair, I'm going to continue being unfair as we move into somebody's favorite segment, Players and Clowns of the Week. We don't know. Is it your favorite segment, Josh? I, I don't. Far. I stress oh, about this every week. You every stress week about I calm it. down after Clown of the Week, but then the anxiety builds until the next episode. Oh, okay, nice. Well, then maybe you should go first. But uh, So we'll start off with Players of the Week. Um, hopefully Tom's ready to go. I don't know if he's prepped or not. He knows how this show works. So he's we'll not see. a first-timer. He's been here. So before. we won't yeah. put him on the spot immediately. We'll put you on the spot, Josh, because you're stressed yes. out about it. So you, why don't you kick us off with the Player of the Week? So, Garrett, I got really excited. Uh, not only Heather Bansley wins the event, but as people know, she's a coach on staff with Volleyball Canada. We did, like, a March break camp. She's working with both the men's and the women's, and she's talking about, like, her ideal play state and how she's, like, serious and she's driven. She doesn't like to get too fired up. Watching her at the Van Open, she was having more fun than anybody. I've never seen her smile so much, be outgoing. I wasn't there in person, but I'm sure she was engaging with the crowd. It was just cool, one, to see her playing again, but to leave her comfort zone and kind of feel the vibe of the event and not have to be, like, I'm serious, Heather, at the Olympics. Like she kind of, I think she probably had more fun at this event than maybe she's had in the last, I'll, I'll boost it, 10 years of playing volleyball on the world tour. Like she was loose. Wow. She was having fun. She admitted today that she should have done more conditioning, that Sunday hit her pretty hard. Like it was, it was just cool to hear, see like Heather in, in like a fun zone versus like being dialed in the whole time. So player of the week, Heather Bansley. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask. So the player of the week is Heather. I mean, oh, you're going on about Heather and then I thought it was going to come. And that's why player of the week is somebody completely different. Okay, no, Heather. Okay, congrats, Heather. I mean, a big win. I knew it was going to be your pick, Josh. For being in the beer garden as soon as he lost, he didn't leave the event. What a guy. Top tier. Yeah, I mean, I I was there for a bit. uh, For sure, absolutely. Beer garden's lit. Uh, I mean, Josh, I got to call you out a little bit for the low-hanging fruit, you know? I mean, we do do that a lot on this show, but uh, now that I'm feeling confident about my picks, I can call you out for yours, even though I've blown it a number of times in the past. <laughs> Did you do some research this week? Because I got a few texts about your lack of prep last week. So yeah, You got a few texts? Like, people are texting you about my lack of prep? It was one of those, like, great episode is ever, like, really entertaining. LOL, Garrett needs to do more prep. <laughs> yeah, like, real, okay. Whoever's texting Josh, letting them know that I need to do more prep, you would try working a 40-hour job a week and trying to prep it to record this and follow all. It's not, okay, relax. Hey, Tom, right, did Josh? you know that uh, Graham Bygress retired? <laughs> what? He's no my player way. of the week this week, Josh. In like April? My player of the week this week is Maybe Graham Bygress. <laughs> for, for the fourth time, congrats. No. You know what's um, funny? Is you guys talked about Graham Bygress retiring like three or three and a half months ago. He was oh, my no. player of the week the week Dude. he did it. Dude, dude, I don't even know what happened there because I looked up, I looked it up and I found it and it said two days ago and I was like, not thinking, yeah, so I was very unprepared last week. So people texting Josh, letting him know, Garrett, he's, I was very unprepared because I was coming in hot from work. So that is valid, but you should all watch it. Um, So I'm going to go then and hopefully I don't blow it this week again. Um, Give you some more time, Tom, because the stakes are getting higher than ever. Um, All right. So. So my player of the week uh, this week is Maverick Hatch. Um, Maverick uh, is a coach now with Volleyball BC. He's got the BCO club there, so he's coaching provincial teams. He's coaching a bunch of athletes there. Um, Seems like he's doing a great job. Um, Kind of a guy who everybody was unsure of, I'll say, uh, when he was a player. Some people thought he was a total asshole, but I usually, I always got along great with him. I reached out to him. I said, hey, Maverick, I'm coming down. He was the one who commented on our video to say, Garrett, come down. Met him up there. We hung out, had a great time. Um, he was super, showed me around, showed me the athletes, gave me the update. And so was super hospitable to me. So I appreciate it, Maverick, if you're listening. Thank you so much, oh, yeah. Player of the Week. Uh, I think your teams did okay. 
A um, couple of them made the, made it through the qualifier, so awesome job all around. Um, good luck with and keep it up with what you're doing, Mav. So that's mine. Good pick. Uh, over to Tom. I think it's first timer. Is that a first timer? Maybe. Yeah. We should keep track, Josh, and for the records, yeah, but we we don't. Should be able to pull this up. Yeah. It's not in the budget, so. That's okay. Uh, yeah, my pick's a bit of more of a dark horse pick, I think. Uh, my pick is uh, Johnny Pickett. Playing words there. Yeah. So uh, Johnny just came off of a, a win from winning the Calgary Open last week, and then brought in a bronze medal at the Van Open, and I don't think he's ever played in the Van Open before. I know, obviously, not the Calgary because it's the first one that's been done. Uh, but I'd say he's arguably top two blockers in Canada right now. Top three. I like. I will live and die by that. I think he's for sure top three men's blockers in Canada right now, and he's young. He's 21, and he's doing great things. Creative, can be a defender, blocker, doesn't matter. Super, I don't know, just a talented player. Super talented player, and he pulls off these wins as a young guy. I mean, congrats, Johnny. Pick it. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I would, I would agree with with pretty much everything you've said, Tom. I, I do have some thoughts. I don't know, like, because sure. I did watch them play, um, yeah. and I really would have liked to see him go hard at those guys in the semi, harder yeah. at those guys in the semi, because they were kind of in it, right? They like yeah. they weren't out of it completely, and yeah. it just seemed like they kind of understood that they were going to lose. So I agree with you. It seems like they're kind of maybe two, three in Canada right now on the men's side, which, I mean, I'll let you make the judgment about how that yeah. reflects the quality overall in Canada. But I would love to see them go harder at those top guys. Like, come on. Like yeah. that 21, like go <laughs> at those guys, right? Well, they pulled maybe too much of a nice guy move. But like, for example, like I'm not too sure how it works. I know that Sam and Dan are one. Would Russ and Jake be two? Because Grant and Ben don't play right now. Right. And then the past two events, Johnny and Steven have knocked out Jake and Russ two straight in both events, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I do mean, know that for a fact. I do know that they beat them in both events. One was in the uh, – they're both quarters, weren't they? Are they both quarters? Uh, I think it was a semi in Calgary, a quarter in Maine Open, and it was a final at an OVA earlier in the year. I wish he would have yeah. dug your heels in and said he's a top two blocker, so then the fans have to go, well, is he better than Dan and Russ, or which one is it? But you said third, so yeah. now he's kind of included. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, technically, I guess he'd be two now, because Ooh. How, how did, uh, I guess Ben and Grant would have been canned too, but did, who, like, how did Ben do? Does ben, well, did ben we'll get to ben that. Ben lost to Binstock. We'll get to that. Absolutely, we'll get to that. That's a good topic. Um, yeah, absolutely. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's some drama for sure oh, yeah. on the men's side, which I like to see. Um, so good luck to those guys. Um, yeah. Anything else we need to cover there, or can we move on to clowns? Clowns. Okay. I'm going to go last for the clowns because Ooh, I think sure. mine is a nice segue into our next topic. Oh, so, I think mine will also segue or at least get Garrett a little bit fired up, but that's okay. Well, so of course it. it will. Okay, well, it's probably me then. So if it's me, you can just save it, Josh, and maybe you just shouldn't go at all. So why don't we start with Tom? <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, so, so mine has nothing to do with volleyball. Mine has everything to do with airlines. So I don't know if you guys know, we were talking about it before, but Western Canada is having a huge dilemma with airlines such as WestJet, Air Canada, it's just a gong show. And the amount of cancellations on flights has been insane, and people are stuck in cities for days not knowing when the next flight is, 
my flight's been canceled twice here in Calgary. It's it's been chaotic. It's been chaotic. Very inconvenient. So I'd say clown of the week is to any airline that has been flying out of Western Canada. And I don't think it's just Western Canada. I think it's all of Canada right now. Canada, yeah. uh, Air Canada, I think specifically, yeah. was or Canada was the worst place for cancellations and flight changes and all that stuff for like in like, like last month. It was like they keep track of that stuff, and Canada was the worst. And no. I kind of I kind of get it though. I mean, I agree. Deserved clown of the week, like absolutely. Yeah. Give you head a shake. You're gonna cancel flights on people. That's crazy. But I do kind of get it, though, because during COVID, it was like, oh, we have no flights, so let's lay off yeah. a bunch of people. And then now, oh, COVID's done. We're going to book a bunch of flights. But, oh, wait, people don't actually want to be agents at the gate and you know baggage handlers and flight attendants and all these key roles for air travel. So yeah. I do kind of get it. But you're right. I mean, my flight got delayed by over five hours. Um, a couple times when I went to Winnipeg and back, I'm headed to Toronto in September. So hopefully, um, things go well there and I don't get canceled. That would be brutal. Josh, I don't know. Have you flown much? Like, do you even travel as a coach or are you just lazy? Guy? <laughs> no, I have a couple coming up. Obviously, uh, there, there's rumors of an Orsica, uh, in Canada this year that I would like to attend. And then I'm going to Fisu games. What do you mean rumors? Uh, rumors, Garrett. It's not e. happening. I. Confirmed or deny? Uh, if you read the Norseka website, it's still uh, TBC. But if you talk to those good people out in the Maritimes, it's going down, Garrett. And you're not going? I'm probably going. Oh, you're going. Oh, okay. Uh, are they going to call it Sand Jam or what? Sand <laughs> Jam <laughs> Halifax. Round seven. But they're going to bring it to PEI instead. They're going to bring it. <laughs> you're going to have the red sand. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, airlines. Clown of the week. Airlines. I mean, burning the bridge of an entire industry. And yeah. I respect it. I'm here for and it. And potential sponsors. So, yeah, so Air Canada right. and WestJet are probably never going to sponsor the show unless they just don't watch this episode, in which case, give us money. Um, okay, Josh, let's go you maybe or me? Yeah, or... let's go me, Garrett. Maybe okay. This might not turn into a topic, but it'll definitely turn into a comment from you because you're probably going to respect this athlete who I think is an absolute clown. So in New York, AVP, Nick Lucena, rallies happen in big point. Ref doesn't call a hands call that Nick thinks is a double. So what does he do after the rally, Garrett? takes his hat off, throws it, whips it against the ref stand. Right away, ref is like, well, you can't do that. Gives him a yellow. Nick then one-ups him by charging the ref stand, reaching over into his little badge thing, pulls out a red card to present a red card to the official. This is Nick Lucena, a guy who got to play with Phil, like international player, maybe a role model. Not anymore. Bit of a clown move. Nick Lucena, you idiot. I mean, I fully <laughs> approve the clown of the week on there. Absolutely. Um, like what a what a crazy shift for that guy. Like was he not in consideration for like the FIVB's like sports person? Yes, like, I think he was. was. Did he maybe win that one year? Like I, I don't know. It's like kind of a stark change for that guy who was like the nicest guy on the beach who you wanted to rule well, do well, just going to AVP and just pulling cards out. Like that's that's intense. It's physical. And, and we don't Tom do and that in volleyball. Before the show, we compare it to like Todd Rogers, who was the player rep and like awesome player. Garrett, have you seen the freak out on the ref? Uh, I think it was in the Poland event where it was like a, he sat over and got called on hands and like just yells, who put this chick up there? She sucks. He's just freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to watch it. Uh, yeah. It's not on video. It. It's very good. It's link it to it's me. I need to see that. I fully support that. Now, here's the thing. If that if they're like to the refs before the event, if they go, hey, you know, like there's a chance that if things go weird, I'm going to lose it. I, don't get offended. <laughs> like we're going to 
it's for you know we're trying to be entertaining like i'm trying to make money here maybe you know like that sort of thing yeah i'm okay with it i'm okay with it fully like i told the refs when i was doing the announcing i was like hey i'm gonna ask some of the refs to dance on the stand like is that okay like am i gonna be stepping on any toes and they were like no go for it so i was like okay perfect like now i have full carte blanche like let's go for it right but if they didn't do that if nick didn't do that which he almost certainly did not yeah. then it is unacceptable to physically grab anything from the ref. The, the throwing the hat at the stand, okay. Frustration, maybe you meant to hit the stand, whatever. But you grabbing the card, that's it. Like, we don't do that in volleyball. We don't get physical, ever. Like a fight? Whoa, what is that? Touching another thing? No, no, we're on our side of the net. Like, that's kind of intense, I find. And Garrett, I do remember you trying to make the ref stance because Tom and I were there to try to win Canada Games and you were just making a mockery of the whole event. Yeah. Oh, you th- oh, 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 right. Those people in Winnipeg had a great time. They if did. you were there yeah. in Winnipeg, comment down below. Let me know. I need some defense here, Josh. You were trying to win and I was making a mockery. You were making a mockery by not winning the damn thing is what I'm saying. Okay? Both of you guys. You, you were hyping us up, though, Garrett. I remember. Yeah, you were doing a really good job during our games. You were, you were getting us going. You were getting us Yeah. You guys played the Winnipeg guys, though, and I was like, all right, I got I to gotta turn on the yeah. boys here. That was a great job yeah. by the schedule makers. It was a night game. The bleachers were full. Yeah. That was a fun one. Yeah, was like fun. you got to go with the hometown crowd, even if I'm from not that place and from the place yeah. that you guys are from. So, I mean, you got to. Well, Logan's from Penticton, Ontario. So, you know, we were a little bit of a split squad. <laughs> 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 yes, exactly. Um, okay, great. I mean, great clown of the week, Josh. I mean, Nick Lucena is a guy I never thought would be saying clown of the week on this show. If you want to see video, uh, Riley McKibben has it on his Instagram. That's where I discovered it. It's a, it's a great cam review. Thanks to the McKibbins for just all the content they produce. But yeah, what an absolute joker of a move. What is it with you hyping other great content creators on this show? Like, we can't keep people's eyeballs enough. You tell them to go somewhere else. Gosh. Speaking of, um, so I have two clowns of the week. Sort of three. Um, I'm calling people out. Um, so my first clowns of the week is Ben Saxon and Mike Plantinga. And I'm sorry, <laughs> boys. Ben, I know you're a listener. Ben is a listener. I apologize for it, but I got to do it because I sat there and watched Ben and Mike play Josh Binstock and Will Hoey, which, listen, I expect that to be a competitive game for sure. You expect that to be competitive. But it just seemed like nobody gave a shit on that court. And everybody was all laughy, smiley in a pre-quarter. A pre-quarter. With this intensity, center court. Like, I expected some intensity. Like, there's money on the line. There's ego on the line. An Olympian is getting eliminated in the quarter pre-quarter final of the Vancouver Open. Like, somebody should not be happy. And it, just from my perspective, didn't look like Mike and Ben were really landing on the line. They seemed like, okay, this just was going to go how it's going to go, and we're okay with that. So, I mean, I got us. Sorry, boys. I mean, maybe I'm getting called out two weeks in a row for Clowns of the Week for people who have lost games. But, gosh, that's got to hurt. It would hurt it, me if it were me. It hurts because, you know, super best friend of the show, Ben Saxton. But I, I agree with that. Anyone who's going to comment against it, I'm on Garrett's side on this one. Well, what, are you like a gatekeeper to my approval, Josh? Like, what the heck? Well, I think some people in the comments like to make it a little bit me versus you sometimes. I just like to express that we're on the same side for once. Do they like that? Because this <laughs> next one is definitely going to be me versus you. Because I do have another Clown of the Week. So, I, listen, Mike and Ben, it's, it's like an apologetic Clown of the Week. It's like, listen, it was a bad loss. I'm sorry about it. 
Um, you got on, you know, it, it didn't go. Well. I'm sorry, but I gotta. Um, my second clown of the week is also, and I'm sorry, but I gotta. Um, it's a viewer of, and listener of the show who called me out, calling my take trash. So my second clown of the week has got to go to Derek Deadman. And Derek, listen, thank you for listening to the program. Thank you for commenting. That is all pro. But gosh, I got to defend myself. And I, listen, if I'm going to be the heel in this situation, I'll take it. I'll take all the heat. But absolute clown move to call me out for that take last week. Defending. So last week for context, Tom, I don't know if you listened to the show. Maybe not. If you didn't, I called out Team Canada men's volleyball for going 2-10 and 10 in the World League and said, okay, clown of the week, 2-10 and 10 team. You know, you barely avoided relegation. We can't risk it that much moving forward. That. And Derek's calling me out saying, oh, we got to trust the process. Listen to Ben uh, Josephson. He's got the process. They're figuring out the system. No. Okay, I stand by. I'm doubling down on that clown of the week. You go 2-10, and 10, you cannot expect any praise. And you maybe get a clown of the week. So listen, and have at me, boys. Let's go. Bring, I'll take all of that smoke. Come on. You call me clown of the week, I'm calling you out for clown I'm of the week. I'm calling you clown of the week. I'm on show. tilt, Josh. <laughs> Bring oh, yeah. me all that smoke. No rebuttal? Okay. I'll just assume that what I've said is 100% correct and nobody has any issue with it. Yeah, well, it's tough, right? Like, it is a whole new cycle. I, I know you guys probably touched upon it being like a lot of the older guys that played under Glenn are gone. So there was a whole new wave of like nine or ten new guys that were put onto that 25-man DNL roster. A lot of young guys too. A lot of young guys. Like the guys that used to be young on the on the old team with Glenn are now like the old guys for Ben's cycle. Um, yeah, so it's a no, whole for sure. New, we didn't yeah. touch on it, Tom. So we oh, didn't okay. touch on it. So let's get into it because all right, all right. It's it sounds problem. like you've I think got some Derek insight. Takes issue is not it's not the new guy problem. It's like I mentioned, like the the system language has changed or the system. And Garrett has no patience for like, are we calling it a fifty one or a quick? Who cares? Are we always oh, setting it too high or too low or too fast? He has no patience for that stuff. So we understand some players are new and there's some turnover in the cycle. But as far as like giving the system patient, Garrett doesn't think it, it deserves this much time. They're professionals and they should figure it out. Yeah, let me put it this way. If 2-10 and ten is overachieving for that team because the guys are so new and so bad that the fact that we won any games is, is a big deal, is great, that's on me. That's my bad. I apologize. If 2-10 and ten is a huge success for that team, my bad, boys. Great wins. Like, well done. But come on. This is Team Canada we're talking about at the Volleyball Nations League. I don't think the guys are too new to go out there and look to get more than two wins. Fair point. Yeah, I think also I was talking to Josh a little bit about this, but... Oh, you guys were talking behind my back, eh? (laughs) Little separate production (laughs) meeting. It wasn't about you. Pump the brakes here. We didn't even mention your name. Don't even worry. (laughs) Well, no, that's even worse. You're talking about behind my back, not even about me. Yeah, it's perfect. Oh, gosh. Um, The system really relies on a good first reception, good first pass, um, and make okay, sure Okay, okay, what system doesn't? What system doesn't? <laughs> no, but this one Good rebuttal, good rebuttal, I'll give you that one. This one specifically does because... Oh! We're tra- <laughs> we're trying to I, I can't... I'm you sorry, might like Tom. good passing, Garrett, but we rely no, on good I, passing. I, I, like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh no, this, so, abyss, this system really needs a good pass. What? Yeah, all right. 
I'm sorry. So, I, I'm sorry. I'm being an ass, but I like uh, I just it's what? I'll give you scenarios here. So the whole idea of it was to just run middle pipe, nothing else. But the problem was that we couldn't pass well enough to run the middle pipe well enough. So all we're doing is throwing speed at the pins, and they're going to have four hands regardless. So the the speed doesn't really matter in the end if you're going to yes. have four hands. Right? Thank you. So but because of the reception wasn't as strong as it could have been the the routes like the routes that the middles were running were very different than a normal like 31 and 51 like they were curling around and jumping pair like shoulders parallel to the net and floating through zones right and then in transition plays you'd always have to have your pipe in your middle attacker covering either that six gap between the left side and the middle blocker. And then the middle would be covering, let's say the three gap between the right side and the middle blocker. But if there's, if the play is too fast or if it's a ball, it's off the net. And let's say the middle isn't in the right spot or on time, it throws the pipe ball off completely and you can't even run a pipe ball. And then it's hard to be like, Oh, do I just give like kind of a junk ball to a middle or do I just run speed to an outside guy that's going to have four hands. Right. So that's so, kind of where I think it broke down. I and, see. It's be- and I think that if we can get our reception a little bit better, you'll see a big change. And we struggled a lot more with float serves than we did with spin serves. We're, we're a pretty good uh, spin serving reception team, but float serves usually put us a little bit more in trouble. Um, but yeah, like it's tough too, because I would for sure say that if, let's say, everyone trained together for an entire year straight, like the way that it used to be with the national team in like the 80s, because no one would play pro, I think it would be perfect by next year. It's tough to see guys go back and play pro with completely different systems and then have to come back and kind of get used to the, the specific system we run. So I think that it's, a, it's like a system that will, is like the perfect idea of what we want, but it's right. tough to find that perfection. Okay. So, so let's see if I understand. Working hard. Okay. Yeah, let's see if I understand. So the system is a preference really to running middle pipe combos a lot yeah. more than outside 100 percent, yeah um and because our middles were less familiar with that when the pass broke down slightly they weren't in the right spot to really set us up in a good position and it would take the pipe ball out because then the pipe ball wouldn't be sure as to what gap they're supposed to go into and then the timing's thrown off right and it's tough with such a fast offense to fix on the fly if it was a little bit slower, it's so much easier because you can take a look. You're like, okay, this guy's a bit slower. Lift it up a little bit more. But when everything's so fast and you're trying to run speed from everywhere, it breaks down. Yeah, you so find I would fine line, right? I get you. I'd love to see the numbers though, because what did we pass? Did we pass a 1.2? I think they use a four-point scale, maybe. I don't know. Do they use yeah. three or four? Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's a four scale, but I'm I'm not too sure. All I know is is that um, all, our middle system tempo. I think was more efficient even than our in-system because our in-system, we had a, a decent amount of like miscommunication errors too and like timing issues and stuff like that. And yeah. And like it's funny that, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like that, that just, cause, cause like, okay, there's a timing. If you, it, everybody's got a different timing. They go play pro, they play with a different timing. The middle goes play pro. They got a different coach. They got a different system. Like you got to learn different systems over the course of three or four years. You play, you maybe play with three or four different coaches where you learn slightly different things. Like, but it's not that different. So like if we just passed terribly and that's why we sucked, like that's why we didn't have success. Okay. Well maybe we're just not good enough then. 
right? Like maybe we're just not good. Like if the system relies on us passing over a 2.53, like we've got to be in system most of the time. Well, like you play good serving teams, you're just not going to be. It's next to impossible doing that, playing guys, like people like playing in France or, or yeah. Brazil, Russia, Poland, right? Like right. Italy, it's, it's, it's really, really difficult. Well, that's what um, I'm saying. So like we're choosing yeah. to go with a system that relies heavily on being in system way more often than not. Well, mm. well, what the hell are we going to do when we're not in system that much? We're just going to give up and lose? Mm. We're going to be out of system? We're going to be in a bad place? Or we're just saying we're just not used to that, so, oh, we're timing miscues, we're happening? Yeah, I, maybe the, the latter of that. And the way that I saw the system, too, because like I set the system as well, I found that it was a little bit of like a money ball like, like concept where you're trying to almost rig the system in the sense of, we're trying to base everything that's part of our system off of statistics and what actually wins games. And that's what we're going to try to make our athletes do, right? But sometimes it's tough, too, because guys aren't made for that mold. You know what I mean? Right? Like, you yeah. got a guy like Steve Marr. He's like 6'8", big banging dude, right? Like, sometimes, okay, maybe you have your system, but then for this one guy, maybe it's a little bit slower. Like, I don't know. Like. I, I wasn't setting him, so I wouldn't know. Um, but I think that I could totally see them making some tweaks to it for next year, for sure. But also, we do have world championships coming up. I think it's in September or end of August or something like that for, for the senior team. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with a month off and, like, of training to see how they either adapt or do they just stick to their guns and try to, like, really make it work. So I don't know. Like, I liked the system a lot. I just I know for a fact that it is definitely hard to do, and it does take time for it to become really smooth. Yeah, and I, I'm going to call that out because I, that that sure. just makes absolutely no sense to me. I the hard to do piece. Okay, yeah. well if we're going to rely on on middle and pipe, well yeah, mm -hmm. that's hard to do because we got to pass well. So that yeah. that's hard to do for a concrete reason. Like you have to pass very well to do it. So mm -hmm. we better be good. Okay, I get it. Yeah. If we're trying to do this and it's hard to do, maybe it fails. So maybe it fails. Yeah. Fine. That's not, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. If we go out there and yeah. suck, then, hey, we suck. We take our lumps and we figure it out. No problem. But yeah. the, the question is, is like, okay, well, like we got to work through it. Like the, the time, it, like, hold on, wait, what? Like why, when we pass well, why do we need time to figure it out? What's the long game here? Like how is this so difficult to even comprehend that we need time with it for, to really prove it out? That doesn't make sense to me. That's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah, like we're all high-level athletes. Maybe I'm an idiot, right? though, because Derek Dedman thinks my take is trash. So I got to know where I'm off here if I'm way off. But like... Yeah, I think I think uh, if you simplify it, I can see your point for sure. But like knowing exactly what they do, I get both sides of it. If I didn't know, I would for sure see your point of view on it. 100%. Right. So, okay, but let's get specific then. Let's get specific then. So say we have a two-pass... Um, and my middle goes like for a push set, yeah. goes farther yeah. off. So they break where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. Do we not have like do do we not just have a okay? No, go here now instead at this tempo. Uh, no, that's true. Like the, the middle should be fine. Sometimes the pipes thrown off by their alignment on the setter's yeah. toes and like that stuff. But I think also that other countries were game planning us pretty damn well. I think they were because. For example, the three middles that mainly played, right? You have Jackson Howe, you have Van Burkle, and then you have Pierre Sashenko. Uh, very different guys. Like, totally different guys, right? You get Jackson, 
who is an athletic freak and he's an offensive machine. But if you run middle pipe on him, it's pretty tough for him to get up and block it because he is smaller. But if you set pins, the guy's going to close every time and can you. And then you get guys like Pierce, which is more of a blocking guy. He's fast, but his his style. It's a little bit. It's gonna be more difficult for him to run the specific system, but he still does a good job. And then you get Van Burkel, who's a totally different body type and a different speed, like different athleticism. So his style was a little bit different to what the guys were doing. So it's um, like there was two styles of what we were doing. We had a curl three, which is that offense where you're coming in around parallel to the net and you were running different routes and hit, hitting specific gaps and floating into the ball. And then you had gap control, which is where you're coming to a home base on either the T and four, the T and two, or in the middle of the court in like on the attack line in three. And then you kind of pick your route. And then it's more of a traditional, like if you're running a 30, I'm just going to fire it to you and it's going to go through the zone and you're going to contact it or straight up 50 or a straight up 60. And I think that is where it also kind of broke down because then you have two guys that are running completely different things. And it's hard for other players to fit into that mold and know like exactly what's going on because it's so different. Two guys running completely different things. You know what I mean? Rather than middles that are just running the same system. So the argument then is this, is that Ben comes in, he's trying to do X. He's trying to do this. Um, And when you go through each of the players, it's different for each of them, how the, how this system really helps them and how it doesn't really help them. Um, And that you're saying it takes time for them to figure those things out. Yeah, I think so. And also it's feel too, right? Because the ball is like, like as you saw, setting it way faster, right? So you have to adapt significantly faster too. Um, and it's freaking hard. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, well, I, I was shocked though. I did think that we were going to get more wins. And I think everyone can attest to that. Like we, I think we should have had more wins. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't watch all the games. Right, because I was also training and I was well, a lot of games, yeah, a lot of games yeah, to watch. There's a lot of games, so I didn't watch them all. I watched all the ones that they played in Ottawa, but that was the first weekend, so obviously they would have got a lot better too. And they would take different guys to different weekends when they were traveling for VNL. But um, yeah, I think that what like, what I probably would do is I would look back at the last weekend in Japan and then wait and see what they do at World Championships too, and see if it's any different, and then kind of like see what my opinions would be, but I don't know. I like the system a lot and I know it's really hard to run. Um, and I do think it does take time. I didn't at first, I was like, Oh, okay. Like this should just click, but it actually doesn't. And everyone addressed it. It wasn't just like an elephant in the room. It was addressed for sure. So can you explain to Josh and I and our listeners, what makes it so much harder to run than Glenn's system? I think, uh, so from a setting perspective, right? You have the idea of having that perfect set and you're just bringing it together to be precise, which is your timing of the set and your location. Yeah. And you know how when you're going through like university ball or whatever, it's always your location. is You got to have good location. But then with this system more so, it's locations. Yeah, like it's important, but you could have a shitty located set. But if the timing's perfect... You can, you can fix it. And I think that we may have missed a little bit more on the timing aspect with our attackers, but gave them a good located ball. But if the timing's off, like that's when crap hits the fan, right? Like let's say someone comes in expecting a specific set and then it's just like a slower set. So they're on their way up and then they're on their way down. And it's like, what do you do? Just recycle and try again, or it just goes right over your head. You know what I mean? And the communication of it all too. Um, I obviously, I didn't, 
I didn't play with any of the guys on the senior team that travel VNL, so I don't know exactly what would have happened right. on the court there. I didn't talk to many of them afterwards, but I know that just from like even our training camp and then being with like the the next gen team and then the, the U23 team, like knowing that that is what made it a little bit more difficult, okay. and and then finding specific guys what they need within the system. Right. So, so it's very it, very finite. It relies more heavily on timing, being precise, to fool the opponent's blocker blockers. Not even. I'm not even thinking about that. That's a totally different. Con- that's a totally different conversation. And this is just more so us making sure that our system works. Like if we can hit the ball. Well, like, right. That's like yeah. like to me. To me, yeah. I get like so. If the argument was. You know what? Our timing is key to fooling the blocks, and they were on yeah. us. They were on us because yeah. the system is new. They were kind of all over us. We didn't perform yeah. well enough at the system. That I get. Like we here it is. This could work for us. It didn't work for us, and here's the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that I get. I've been there many times. Like we knew what we had to do. We didn't do it. So this is why it failed us. But the mm-hmm. argument that you know, hey, here's this new thing, and we just couldn't get it. Even like we couldn't yeah. even get it. To me, if that's true, when I look at my national team, I don't care if you only have three months to get it together. Get something together. Yeah. Like, maybe it's new, right? Maybe it's... Am I being unfair, Josh? Like, you've been awfully quiet over there. You may be silently... Ju- but, like, it, it's kind of unacceptable. It's supposed to be the peak, the top, the, the, yeah. the, the, the best people at this in our country, and we should be able to at least get this. And if we fail, it's because we didn't execute. So where, where I'm, I'm extremely biased. I think Ben Joe's fantastic at what he does. And I, and I agree with what Tom. Does it seem like, like I'm chirping Ben? I, I don't no, mean I think, to. No, no. Well, it, it falls on him as the head coach, right? So there is a little bit of that, but I don't think you're going at him. But I, well, the reason I have patience for it is a little bit of, uh, and speaking to some of the guys, this isn't the Trinity system. Like even the Trinity guys were learning. Nobody, nobody yeah. other than Ben knew what this should look like. So there's a little bit of patience about like, oh, I saw it the pass was off. So then I changed to this tempo when you thought it was this tempo. So that stuff, when you talk like the process taking time, that stuff actually does take time about like, what is Blank Canal thinking versus what is the middle thinking? So a little bit of patience there. And really, the, Garrett, the reason I'm going to be a little bit more patient with this is Glenn built the system that we were irrelevant. We weren't in World League. We weren't going to be Olympians. He got us to the Olympics. But it is unfathomable to think that that system was going to win a quarterfinal at the Olympics. Like, we're losing three dong to Russia the last two Olympics, and some of the scores are, like, 15 and 18. Like, we are not going to win a quarterfinal at the Olympics, where if this system works, I think that gets us over the hump. That makes it I agree with challenge yeah. for the world, where we couldn't do the same old same of Glenn's system of, like, serve top, let's get blocks, and maybe we side out. We didn't have a sniff of beating Russia the last two years in the quarter. We're not going to beat Russia and France and Brazil and USA and on and on and on doing the same old thing where this gives me hope that we're playing at a top tier world level. Yeah, I get that argument. I get that because that puts it more within the coaching staff and the systems control. So I get the I get the desire to feel that way. But I'm the kind of guy. And when I grew up playing, when I played it was always the responsibility of the people who are on the court to make these things happen. So we could have won with Glenn's system, 100%. If you swap the gold medal team from Rio with our team, same system, who do you think is winning the gold medal? You think it's our guys with their system or their guys with our system? I would, I would go with their guys with our system because their guys are the guys. They went out and did it. That is yeah. my. That is what I'm saying. So like, hey, 
if, if we're not good enough, fine. If we need to make a system that's going to make us more competitive, fine. But we got to own the fact then that we're not good enough. Right? I think flat out we're not good enough. You go down the roster of France and Russia right now, I think every position's almost better than us. There might be one or two, but like top to bottom, their team's way more talented than us. That's absolutely tough to swallow. There's an example too that, um, for example, in the Ottawa weekend of VNL, Poland sent their like B team, C team, like like young guys that had never really played like VNL. And they like won almost every game, I think, that they did. And then when it came to the end, like they were putting their starters in for the second or third weekend, which is crazy to think. Is it silent? Something just happened? Yeah, I, I was fine on my end. Garrett, you look okay. a little confused. Great. I Sorry, fine. I was just shocked that you're just making a great argument, you two. You guys are making great points. I'm just a little bit, <laughs> a little bit surprised. Like, it's kind of not, not used to that. So I got a little bit shook. Um, I, thought, I thought something just happened. I don't know. I mean, I did too, and it was apparently it was you guys seeing some reason. I, it's kind of shocking. I mean, yeah. it's it's tough for for I think. Does anybody really want to hear? Hey, we're not good enough, so we need this system to help make us competitive. I think it just brings a different edge that we haven't done before, and I think it was worth the risk. Like it's it's kind of what Japan does. Yeah. Because they, they, they maybe realize we're not going to be able to compete in these ways, so we have to try to compete in these ways. And so, like, if that's the goal, I I do support it. For, mm-hmm. I do support that. Like, yeah. and, and the, maybe system, w- the system is literally taking Japan's system and taking Brazil's system and amalgamating them. Right? So you're just taking both of those guys, both those country systems and making one, and that's kind of what Canada's system is right now. And yeah. it makes sense because we're not overly big guys. Like, we're not these big bangers in the world, right? Like, we're usually either a little bit smaller or aren't as talented, and we got to find other ways to win, right? And I think yeah. that doing oh. this was a way to try to see if could we win doing something different, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what'll happen, but I hate hearing that. I don't know. But it's, I'm, yeah. I'm competitive as hell. I hate hearing that because, like. <laughs> my mind goes like, no, we should be like setting ourselves up so that when we get a dog, when we get the man out there, who's going to get her done for us, that's going to carry us or, or the guys, a group of guys who are going to really get it done for us, that this is going to help them rather than, Hey, you know what? We're not that good. So we need to actually find some ways to exploit a few things here or there. Right. It's like a sad reality that, that hits me. So, you know, maybe I was a bit harsh in my judgments of, of the team, but I also definitely stand by that our expectations should be way higher, especially, especially after Josh, you're right. We do what it takes to get into the VNL. We're in the world league. We're in the Olympics with the team. And then we go out with a stinker two and 10, like we almost get relegated. Like what happens if we get relegated there? Are we down for the next 10 years? No, I don't you go to a tournament to see if you stay up or not. You you have to win that tournament. Right. Win it. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Like, all the progress we've made, all the, the, the program building, we go out and have one stinker and now it hurts us for years. Like that's, yeah. that's scary. It should be scary. Yeah. 
Anyway. Hey, but we're safe. Hey, we're safe, though. We're safe. Okay. <laughs> we're safe. I, I think Canada, though, are we a little bit forced to think this way, Gary? Like, we don't, I don't, in my opinion, we don't have a dog because our guys are playing third year in the Canada West while the France guys are playing professional at CEVs and, and like, dominating. They just get an opportunity to play at such a higher level for longer that, like, I think Gavin, you could say, was like a dog, and I think Gord was approaching that. But like, who in this year's cycle, like Lepke, just had a kid. I'm sure he's like fatigued. Like he's a little bit out of it. Like, uh, like is Steve Marr our dog? Like, do we have a guy that like you can just set a highball to? Like Brazilians, it seems like like I was at the World League where their two right sides got hurt, and Wallace was the unknown guy, and then like a year later, Wallace was one of the best players in the world. Like they just have a meat grinder of a system that they're going to keep throwing guys out there. I don't think we have that luxury. We just would like relying on the school system to give us national team athletes versus the professional system to give us athletes. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree with you. And it's just, it's just tough to look at that and, and go, cause it seems hopeless then. Right. Like it seems Not hopeless because coached up the system. That's why I think, but, we uh, no, but we have patience. to get it perfect. Patience. Like we have to get it perfect. And even then it's probably not going to get it done because we need uh, to pass the best. Yeah, yeah. It's true. So the best passing team is the best team. Yeah. Like, like, passing and serving, like, it's what it is. Like, oh, we're going to rely on passing well? Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we need to do that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Gosh, we could go all around this, but uh, <laughs> it, it's interesting to have something to talk about. And I like to hear, thanks, Tom, for sharing about the intricacies of it, because it is sure. interesting to hear, because that's something that even a volleyball person like myself, I couldn't watch that and go, oh, yeah, this is what they want to do. You know, so it, it's great to hear uh, hear that. So we've gone way over time. So if, if you're still <laughs> listening to us, thank you so much. I mean, we must have done something right here. Um, comment down below. Hit us up. What are your thoughts are? Um, is my take absolute trash, like Derek Dedman says? Um, or are you maybe a little bit on board with me? I mean, I don't know. I'm maybe going to go comment on a fake account and just say, yeah, I agree with Garrett, just to, <laughs> just to kind of beef that up. So, um, well, Tom, thanks so much for uh, joining us for this episode, man. It was yeah, a blast. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on again. Um, and thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.